Hi, my name is Yanda, one of the hosts of Rainbow Talk. Here are some of the best bits from the show this week. Are you a foodie? Ray spoke about sushi pizza. So on today's uh, Eating Out segment, we are chatting about sushi pizza that has been dividing the internet. And... You know what, actually, on that note, just last week, uh, I had fast food from, I think, just three different uh, local uh, cafes right here in South Africa. And it's so amazing how the world of fast food has just been evolving, right? I mean, now KFC has chicken nuggets that you get dunked, and they're no longer just as spicy and hot, but then they're also a bit of sweet. Uh, that comes with a bit of sweetness. And then also I had something from a pizza uh, pizzeria, and some pizzas are like, oh, goodness, they've got some really, really crazy toppings on top of it, like really unconventional toppings. I remember the other day I had a prawn pizza, and I was like, hmm, quite interesting what this is but then I didn't enjoy it much and just the other day there's a new pizza that has been launched in South Africa which is from America it's called the sushi pizza and it has been dividing the internet I've heard of a seafood pizza but a sushi pizza that's next level. American restaurant Poke Bury is uh, causing a stir on social media for their sushi pizza. The Atlanta-based restaurant is known for serving unconventional dishes like sushi barotis, uh, a sushi donut, and their newest creation, the sushi pizza. Uh, this pizza is one of the offerings of their secret menu, which is where guests can experience these unique dishes. So if you want for u- unique tastes, uh, acquired tastes, then I think this is definitely for you. Uh, the restaurant Poke Bury co-owner Seven Chen told Access Atlanta they are always trying to stay on top of uh, their latest food trends. Uh, says that the idea for the sushi pizza came from a friend and that uh, we have a very diverse product offering uh, that is different from everyone else in the industry. We have things on our uh, on our secret menu and our most recent thing that everyone's been going crazy over is our sushi pizza. And our friend, who is a social blogger, said we should make a sushi pizza. Uh, She was so excited about it that we couldn't say no. And so there you have it. There's a sushi pizza that is sold by Poke Beauty that has just recently opened up in South Africa, which is an American-based pizzeria. So what are your thoughts on this pizza? I know there's a lot of people on social media that has just been going on and on about how terrible the idea and probably the taste of the pizza is too. Because one of the people uh, goes to say, uh, RJ Roviking said, uh, just call it sushi. Nothing pizza about uh, that at all other than it looking like a pizza. And another user, Aaron Chang, said, Okay, this is disgusting. I mean, sushi is supposed to be a small portion of food, and yet people had the nerve to turn it into some nasty-ass pizza sushi. And lastly, trend uh, Anna says that I obviously stand corrected about pineapple pizza being the most disgusting pizza. This tops it. You know, I do enjoy myself some uh, pineapple pizza. However, when I look at the sushi pizza, it looks like it's on a bed of rice, right? Uh, you can go onto 
iol.co.za and you will see some images uh, if you just look up sushi pizza and if you see the pizza it is on a bed of rice it has your normal sushi ingredients on top uh, like your veggies like the raw fish and of course it's at the end of it it's wrapped up in like seaweed uh, wrap which is black so it does and it's in a triangular shape so it does look like a pizza but the ingredient still stays sushi and i was talking to a colleague about it and we were just like pizza not pizza sushi tends to be very very uh, like if you have too much of it you really get tired of the of eating it so is it really like a good idea to have an entire pizza slice of sushi what are your thoughts? Let me know. Uh, we are on all social media platforms. You can find our details on the website. It is gsaradio.co.za. Right there, you'll find our Facebook page, our Twitter information, as well as Instagram. And, of course, our phone numbers. So if you'd like to get in touch or if you just want to WhatsApp me quickly right now, it is plus 27611-693831. That's plus 27611-693831. This week on Rainbow Talk, we spoke to Azania about all things Val Pride. Azania, can you please uh, tell us about the Val LGBTIQ plus organization and the programs you are currently running? So Val LGBTI is an organization that is based in the Val, which is south of Gauteng. It is an organization that works on advocating for the rights of the LGBTIQ plus 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 community, particularly within the township and areas such as Bougain, where most of us come from. And the organization was formally registered in 2013 but founded in 2012. So I know you have Pride coming soon. Please take us through the preparations, why Pride was started and who funds Pride and who is supporting you in terms of a mentorship in your organization. Val Pride was actually started because uh, when the organization was started years ago, we were actually started as a group of lesbians that were organizing transport to Soto Pride and Jobek Pride. We would have like 14 taxis that are actually from Val that are going to all these other Prides. And then we were like, okay, let's maybe get on to do something that's ours. But before we did, we actually thought of that. We were recruited by a few other projects called the Rainbow Activist Alliance. This is where we, as an organization, we were capacitated and developed. And then we now formally registered and kind of had like more educational workshops instead of social gatherings and stuff. And then the one first major event that we had was Pride. So Pride was founded on that. We also want to organize on our own neighborhood, in our own region. We are currently funded by the other foundations, our only funder at the moment. We had written out proposals to a few other organizations such as Frida, but unfortunately we couldn't get the grants. Pride has been postponed from the 1st of September. Uh, it's now moved to the 6th of October because funding from the other foundation was only approved last week and because we we're busy with things that yes. needed to be done. Okay, so I hear you talking about funding and that the funding is late and the Pride is been postponed. Where is the Pride happening? Pride is still happening at the same place, we Badong Stadium. So what activities are happening during your Pride? Because I know some community Prides, they have activities prior to the main event. 
and they have like different political activities as well, including like your workshop. So do mm-hmm. you also have uh, that kind of plan? Previous years we've had workshops where we have a screening of Simon and I, which speaks to the very first pride that happened in South Africa. So this year we were very fortunate that we had Kasi Film Festival that came through and actually had the film screening for us, which was for free. And we had a dialogue after that that spoke to the importance of pride and the importance of you expressing your gender identity and sexual orientation or expression. This year we're not going to have any build-up to pride because we've had that dialogue. Do you think pride matches are still relevant and still serve the purpose? I think they are still relevant, but it's unfortunate that our municipality doesn't really allow us to kind of rotate because it's not like all of us are from the same neighborhood. We have the monies that the, the other departments, but we are always told that we can't move uh, because Department of Sports is having something there. And it's an annual year when we try and do it. It's outside. It's near Thunder Bay so Park. So even that and is discrimination from the municipality, right? Exactly. Because you know, we are being given the venue for free. So And there's no other venue that you can necessarily say here, which is near the people, near where we live. Even if we try and fundraise to pay for a certain venue, we can't be access places because powers. Yeah, and they made them expensive. The places that we would think of actually paying for are outside of the township. What makes the Val Pride different from the mainstream Pride? Val Pride is a small Pride. We are hoping for it to grow, but the, at the moment, and we are content with what we have. It's a small Pride that had been funded in 2016, of which we are very grateful for. But the important thing and what makes Val Pride stand out is the fact that it is organized by Black lesbian women who are young, who are from the township. I mean, we are open to having people come and volunteer to being part of organizing Pride. The most other important thing is the fact that we do not even get paid for the work that we do. The sleepless night, the worrying of whether we have the money to have the Pride or not. Where can people get hold of you if they want to support you and if they want to be involved? Yes, we have an, a Facebook page on Facebook. It's called Val LGBTI. You can just like and send us a message or you can just invite, add me as a friend on Facebook. It's, my name is Azad KSA Radio, where you are family. This is DK Sibanda, and I was talking to Azania Sengwayo. Santa Barbara Pride is coming up, and here are the details. It is, of course, time for those Pride events update, and today we're taking it all the way to Santa Barbara. Ah, oh, such an amazing, amazing city. So, well, uh, their Pride is taking place this Saturday on August 25th and this year's festival will be held at Chase Palm Park a family friendly and accessible park along uh, Santa Barbara's beautiful coastline. Uh, the Pacific Pride Festival is free to the public and, and attracts a diverse crowd of nearly 4,000 lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, LGBTQ plus and uh, ally supporters and they are families from the central and south coast. Uh, The all-day event features a lineup of live entertainment, exhibitors, local food, informative non-profits, activities and community member support. 
Pacific Pride Foundation is excited to announce announce their top 10 uh, headliners, including the American Idol contestant Ada Vox uh, as a headliner to the festival, also including from RuPaul's Drag Race, Mayhem Miller, as well as Raven uh, and singer and songwriter Dev, and also uh, Santa Barbara's own Rainbow Girls. This year's festival will be hosted by... Uh, Alan Ross and 2016 Queen of Pride Vivian Storm. It seems like it's going to be a hell of a treat. The list of the entertainment is so endless. All of this starts from 12 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. So if you are around uh, the central and south coast of uh, Santa Barbara, please do go check that out. It is the Pacific Pride Festival taking place this Saturday on the 25th of August. So if you want any further details or if you want to uh, find out more or get some more inquiries, please do check out their website. It is Pacific PacificPrideFoundation.org or you can drop them an email at hello at PacificPrideFoundation.org.za. That is hello at PacificPrideFoundation.co.za. But as I promised you, we've still got that uh, book review coming up and today we're checking out uh the book annie on my mind oh, such a be- i actually read snippets of the book and i'll let you know what the book is all about and how it's being uh received from people out there we spoke to enrique doliseki about being mr gay europe what's been happening the last three months except mr europe which is an amazing accomplishment congratulations there thank you so much well actually i have been working a lot i have been working on my campaign and project a lot Summer is always crazy. As you know, it's pride season. So it was really important for me to go visit all the different prides and speak with a lot of different people. Because, I mean, that's what you do being Mr. Gay Germany and finally now being Mr. Gay Europe. What's been the highlights pride-wise? Which ones have been the best? Probably the one in my hometown in Mainz, where I'm from. It's close to Frankfurt because it was the 25th anniversary. It had never been this big. It's rather small in comparison to all the big cities. But for me, it was really nice being there as Mr. Gay Germany on this anniversary. So very, very honorable for me. And of course, another pride that I'm very proud to attend was the one in Berlin, Germany's capital city because it's just so different from all the other prides. There's so many people. The atmosphere is just crazy. And yeah, you get to meet a lot of people that are very important. Then, of course, the, and I have to ask you about this, there was Mr. Gay World here in South Africa. How did you experience that? It was an amazing experience. Um, I had been to South Africa before, but just as a regular tourist. But now with Mr. Gay World, I was there. I got to know the people. We spoke to the mayor, to so many other people that are really, really nice. And it's just great to really get to know them and hang out with them a little, like not as a tourist, but more like as a friend. And do you still have contact with any of the contestants that took part with you? Yes. One of my favorites is actually the one from South Africa, Carabo. I love him very, very much. We have been in touch ever since. We talk all the time, mostly via WhatsApp or something. And it's just so cool because uh, his boyfriend lives in Germany and he's most likely to move to Germany. Yeah, so you've got a new friend on your way. Yes, I hope so. I'm very excited and I keep asking him all the time, is your visa through? Are you coming? When are you coming? Do you need any help? So I'm very glad I did this experience and I'm very glad for all the people I met there, especially Carabo. So if you compare the three competitions, Mr. Gay Germany, Mr. Gay World and then Mr. Gay Europe... How do they compare? Mainly, they all have the same goal. They are all looking 
looking for representatives for the community. And there isn't really that much of a difference, except maybe for the level that they're advertised. Most people think Germany is rather big when it comes to such contests, which is it's not. So every time I tell them that we have a lot of people who would like to become Mystic Germany, but the competition itself isn't really that big. It's getting bigger every year. Then Mystic World, of course, it's very well planned. It's thought through. I mean, it's just amazing how all these people from all over the world come together and just share this experience. So for me, that was really nice working with you guys as well, because you accompanied us like throughout the whole journey. And then uh, for Mystic Europe, I think it was very important important to be held in one of the European countries where the LGBTQ plus community wasn't accepted yet or not as much as it should be. So that needed to be a very, very clear sign for Europe and for the rest of the world that we will keep fighting for our rights. Now, talking about which, this was held in Poland this year. Yes, in uh, Warsaw for two days and then in Poznan for the rest uh, of, I think, six days. In Poznan, there was an incident where people stormed the parade or you guys had to hide on a bus. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, that was a very surprising and a little bit frightening experience because it was the end of the competition. It was the last day of the parade and then only the finale was missing. So we were really happy to walk the parade. It was just about to start. We weren't really clear where to go, what to do. So we just followed the directors. And then when we got on our um, bus, the one that took us through the parade, all of a sudden people were like, no, you need to get down. You need to get away. And they weren't really sure why. Then we had to go back on. And um, yeah, suddenly they told us just to stay down and not make a sound and the bus drove away. And afterwards we realized, okay, there must have been something going on. And then the producers and some of the other contestants who didn't make it on the bus, they told us uh, via phone that they got into that kind of riot or demonstration against the parade with a lot of police, with a lot of aggressive people. And then they had to get away from that. And we were just lucky that we were the ones on the bus and just drove right off. So after all seeing the pictures one of us fell had to go to the hospital and everything it was scary but it reminds you of why we do this every year and it makes you proud when somebody asks you why do we still need pride and you can tell them this is the reason why people like them are the reason we still need pride it's not only a celebration of life it's still a demonstration it has been for 49 years since stonewall and it will be a demonstration for as long as people are discriminated so talking about which tell me about your future plans now as mr gay europe as well as mr germany what are you planning we are you making differences first of all i think the, the main responsibility for me is to to pass on my title as Mr. Gay Germany in two to three months uh, to find a new representative for Germany and then um, really take uh, my campaign Silver Rainbow to an international level. I have been in contact with a few other countries before, but now a lot of people, even politicians have reached out to me. They would like to work with me, which is really nice because all the attention. Yeah, it really comes in handy when you're trying to really get the message out that for me, the 50 plus community and all these people that have been fighting for such a long time, that they still need support, that we have to think about our futures as in where do I live when I don't have kids? Who's going to take care of me when I get older? Will I live in a like multi-generational house or um, where do I want to be? And all these conversations I had before, they're just intensifying right now. And I'm very, very excited to really meet other countries and maybe get the word out there into European countries that have not been competing yet in Mystic Europe because we might have shown them through Poland and Poznan that it is possible to uh, bring a Mr. Gay from the country and to fight whatever needs to be fought for in their country at whatever level of acceptance they're at yet. 
So once all of this is over and you're handing all um, over all your titles, what are you planning to do? I will still be an ambassador and still be an activist. It's in my heart. It's just what I do now. Why I started it in the first place. I call myself the gay financial advisor in Germany. That's my brand. So I have always been working with people to really build up their future, not only financial wise, but also like life wise to plan ahead for what they want in life. And I will keep on doing that, whether it's for private clients or the whole of the community. Lost question from my side you have now won mr germany you've won mr gay europe are you going to do mr gay world again i don't think so no i think that will be the chance for another mr gay germany to uh, snatch the title gay is a radio where you are family i'm rian and that was uh, enrique from germany our current mr gay europe winner and that is what happened on the show this week. Please be sure to catch that and so much more on Rainbow Talk every weekday between 12 and 3 p.m. Right here on Gay SA Radio where you are family.